KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, January 12th. Some San Diego teachers planning a walkout. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County public health officials reported more than 10,000 new COVID-19 infections on Tuesday and 20 additional deaths as an unprecedented rate of cases and hospitalizations continue to roll in. 73 more people were hospitalized on Tuesday. It follows a record-setting weekend where hospitals struggled to keep up. Nearly 50,000 new cases were reported over this past weekend. The latest surge is suspected to be driven by the Omicron variant and holiday gatherings. It's unclear when it could slow down. Scripps Health Chief Medical Officer Dr. Ghazala Sharif is hoping that the state doesn't opt to cancel all elective procedures. We are managing literally on a day-to-day basis the cases that we can keep going. On the ambulatory side, we're trying to keep those going so we don't delay care. We had a patient last surge who was the only sole driver in the household. He was delayed for his cataract surgery. And, you know, that really limits people. So we don't want to cut back on that if we have to. Even though hospitalizations aren't as high as they were a year ago, this surge is particularly difficult because of staffing shortages. Hundreds of healthcare workers are out with COVID-19. The San Diego County Board of Supervisors unanimously elected Nathan Fletcher to serve as chairman for another year on Tuesday. They also unanimously selected Nora Vargas as vice chairwoman and Tara Lawson Reamer as chair pro tem. Meanwhile, San Diego City Mayor Todd Gloria is scheduled to deliver his State of the City address today at 6 p.m. You can catch it streamed online at kpbs.org. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Students in most of the South Bay school districts returned to in-person classes on Tuesday after their holiday break. As we've seen, the new year continues to bring COVID-19 challenges to schools across the county. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez says in one district, teachers are planning a walkout. Meanwhile, parents keep looking for more testing. The playground is full of young students again here at Rosebank Elementary in the Chula Vista Elementary School District. While the students play, their teachers are working with an expired contract and they're not happy about the district's latest offer. We love our kids, but we need to feel that we are valued. Michelle Kohler is president of the union, representing 1,400 teachers and other school staff. The union is distributing this flyer, encouraging members to walk out of school on time every day, starting Wednesday. No more after-school meetings, planning, or volunteering until the district offers a reasonable pay raise and new contract. We don't feel like the district deserves our, you know, time if they're not compensating us for it. 
feel disrespected. Many parents feel overwhelmed as COVID cripples their family routines and threatens their health. Han salido muchos casos positivos. Maria Garcia spent the first day of school after the holiday break with her children here at the Chula Vista Elementary School District Testing Center, a place that has processed thousands of rapid antigen and PCR tests since last summer. The COVID home test kits promised by the State Department of Public Health are slowly trickling their way down to South Bay school districts, but even families lucky enough to get them have plenty of questions about what happens next. How's your daughter doing? She's doing fine. She's in school today. William Smith's 11-year-old daughter tested negative, but his 16-year-old son tested positive twice using the home tests over the weekend. We're all in the same household, but he tested positive and the rest of us are fine. So we're just keeping up on it. As for the teachers' contract negotiations, the Chula Vista Elementary School District interim superintendent said in a written statement, that the district is unaware of any plans for a teacher walkout, and he made no comment on the negotiations. Quedarnos en casa. Quedarnos en casa encerraditos. Ahí estamos más seguros. Maria Garcia says she and her family are staying home where they are safe and secure. Patrick Smith and his dad will stay home and wait, too. I haven't really had any symptoms of the, the COVID. So I don't know really, really know why I became positive. So I hope I'm negative. Back to school to another semester in the pandemic. And that was KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez. Governor Gavin Newsom was in the Central Valley on Tuesday to promote the health care portion of his budget proposal. He says it'll expand access to health care and be more affordable, regardless of immigration status. KPBS Speak City Heights reporter Jacob Ayer says immigrant rights advocates in San Diego approve of the plan. In a $286 billion budget proposal outlined Monday, Newsom highlighted free health care for all undocumented immigrants in the state as a top priority. Dulce Garcia, executive director of Border Angels, says undocumented immigrants will no longer have to ignore health problems out of fear of owing thousands of dollars in medical bills or missing work. Adding um, the younger folks onto this proposition and really including all undocumented immigrants to have access to medical care in San Diego County will mean that thousands of families will be able to see a doctor for regular checkups, diagnosis and treatment. The state began covering undocumented immigrants 26 years old and under in 2019 and those 55 and older last year. Now, Newsom wants state lawmakers to cover the remainder of people, those 27 through 54 years of age, starting no sooner than January 1, 2024. Lupe Flores of the Chicano Federation says she's celebrating the historic proposal. I think this will will increase trust. Um, and that that's very important with the undocumented population that, you know, now they can go get these preventative care kind of appointments or even have access to doctors and, you know, they're not going to be as scared. The most recent expansion to cover those ages 50 and up will eventually cost taxpayers about $1.3 billion per year. Uh, we know that the governor is looking at implementation in 2024, and so that's why we're going to be pushing for implementation sooner than later because the need is here today. With this uh, variant, there's still people at risk. There's still people dying. Newsom plans to start the program with $614 million in funding. Every year after, the price will be more than $2 billion. At this point, it's unclear how Newsom plans to pay for the additional health care costs. 
and this is a first draft of the budget. It will be revised in May. And that was KPBS Speak City Heights reporter Jacob Baer. A Chula Vista man reached a life-saving milestone by donating his 100th gallon of blood on Tuesday. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado says the donation comes at a critical time, just as the American Red Cross announced a national blood crisis. David Carroll just arrived for his regular visit to the San Diego Blood Bank in Chula Vista. He donates platelets every two weeks. But this visit is not typical. You see today, David is donating his 100th gallon of blood. That means he's done this over 500 times. Super donor, okay, that just sort of lit my fire up. I said, oh, all right, super donor. But 100 isn't just a number or a milestone. His donations save lives. The way he sees it, one of those lives he saved has surely given back to him and others. Donors get to give and the recipients get to receive and things that I don't know that they've done that have benefited me and it gets, we all benefit. Gina Sorensen from Chula Vista donates regularly too. I've probably donated 20 to 30 times um, over my life, not as many as David over there. Something to strive for. Never too late to be a guardian. <laughs> Their donations come at a critical time. For the first time ever, the American Red Cross declared a national blood crisis. Dr. Ghazala Sharif, Scripps Health Chief Medical Officer, says she's worried if this continues, it will cost lives. We had two patients at the same time who needed massive transfusion protocols, and literally we had to scramble trying to get blood from one place to the other. That is not sustainable. Claudine Van Gonka with the San Diego Blood Bank says every community is struggling for donors because of COVID and flu season. So to have David come out and donate his triple platelets right now is, is very, very important and we're very thankful for that. She says donating is safe, but if you've had COVID or have been exposed, you must wait four weeks to donate blood. However, there's no waiting period if you've had the COVID vaccine. You're unable to get COVID through blood transfusions. COVID is a respiratory uh, virus. And as a thank you, David received a special recognition. He will also get to update Thanks, his 75-gallon sweatshirt and become the 37th Thank member of the Guardian Circle. But the best gift is priceless because every two seconds, somebody somewhere in the U.S. needs blood to survive, like six-year-old Quincy, who just got through beating leukemia and needed platelets and blood transfusions with every cancer treatment. His mom, Teresa Bergdahl, is grateful. There's just uh, not really anything else that I could do but give you a virtual humongous hug and thank you so much for caring about people that you don't even know. At one level, that's the, the whole point, excuse me, of being able to give is that it helps somebody else live. And that was reporting from KPBS's Kitty Alvarado. Coming up, the Omicron variant has created another speed bump on the road to economic recovery nationwide. But is the economic picture brighter here in San Diego than other parts of the country? We'll have more on that next, just after the break.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The Omicron variant is posing challenges to the country's economic recovery. December job growth came in lower than expected, but unemployment is down to almost record levels. Meanwhile, the Great Resignation seems to be continuing. Professor Alan Jin is an economist at the University of San Diego. He spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh. Now, what do these recent reports tell us about the state of the economy? Well, I think it shows that uh, the labor market right now is pretty tight. The economy is doing pretty well, but uh, what we've seen then is uh, slower growth in terms of employment. And I think that the cause for that is not that employers are not wanting to hire people, but it's just simply the, the fact that there are just not enough workers now to go around. So that is a better situation than if employers were just not wanting to hire people. Now, how can job numbers be lower than expected? Yet unemployment is way down. So what's happened is that a lot of people have left the workforce. For example, retirements are up. It was projected that over the time period of the pandemic, that about 1.5 million people were going to retire. It turned out that 3.6 million people retired instead. So that's more than 2 million extra people retiring. So they have left the job market. On top of that, we've lost about another million people at COVID. Uh, Some People have died. Some workers have died as a result of COVID. And then we have a large number of people who are in uh, what are called the, 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 the COVID long haulers. They have the disease and side effects, and they're basically disabled. And so they're going to be out of the, out of the workforce. And then finally, uh, we also have uh, a lot of women who have left the workforce due to childcare issues. And so if you add all that up, my estimate is that we've had more than 4 million people then who have left the, the labor, uh, labor market. Therefore, that reduces the size of the labor force, which accounts then for the decline in the unemployment rate, while at the same time, job growth is uh, slow. Is this entire picture, economic picture, brighter here in San Diego than other parts of the country? I think we have a mixed uh, situation here in, in San Diego. We have a lot of industries that were strong, that were resilient. For example, research and development was able to keep on going despite the pandemic because people could work remotely. But then on the other hand, we have a big uh, leisure and hospitality industry that was that was hit hard uh, by the pandemic. So restaurants, hotels were hurt by the fact that people were not eating out or traveling uh, for, for business purposes. And so because that is such an important part of the local economy, uh, San Diego suffered then in, in that particular sector. And that's that sector is also having the uh, the most difficulty in terms of people quitting their, their jobs as well, the highest quit rate is in the restaurant and hospitality industries. Almost 7% of people in that industry nationwide quit their jobs in November. But all those people leaving the, the, the labor market that I talked about earlier just created openings uh, all through the labor market. And so that gave people the opportunity then to leave their jobs for better, better opportunities. How do you expect the Omicron surge will affect our economy? That's, that's a big unknown at this point. I don't think that we're going to have the closing down of the economy like we had in March and April of, of uh, 2020. So I think uh, this may, that may slow things. Uh, people will be more cautious. But I don't think that it's going to have the big impact that the pandemic had at, at, at its beginning. 
Now, Governor Newsom presented his new budget proposal yesterday, and apparently California is still awash in surplus funds. Where is this money coming from? Well, I think uh, we've got a couple of things going on here. Uh, Number one is that, uh, you know, the stock market is doing pretty well. And so uh, I think a lot of people had uh, made some made a lot of capital gains. A lot of people in the high tech industries, for example, were able to keep working throughout the pandemic. So they're continuing to to earn money and and pay uh, pay income taxes. And then finally, on top of that, people have been spending money during the pandemic in 2020. People had to stay home. They couldn't go out. They couldn't travel. And so as a result of that, they ended up saving money, what economists are calling a COVID piggy bank. Uh, It's been estimated that $1.6 trillion was saved uh, nationwide uh, during the pandemic. And so now that people can do do stuff, they're going to go out and spend some of that money. And that's earning uh, the the state uh, some sales tax revenue. What stood out for you in the governor's proposals that could benefit San Diego's economy? I think uh, the emphasis on housing and dealing with the homelessness is uh, one of the bigger aspects in as far as the uh, budget is concerned. Uh, we have a serious housing problem in California in terms of affordability. It's just really expensive to live here. Housing prices did not go down uh, during the pandemic, and uh, it costs a lot then to buy a house and, and even to rent. So a lot of people are, are in tough spots then in terms of what they have to spend on housing. And so I think uh, the proposals then to boost construction of housing then will help. And I also think, uh, you know, we have a serious homelessness problem. And so I think the proposals then to deal with homelessness are going to be significant. You know, as you referred to, uh, there were reports that came out at the end of the year about overall individual income in San Diego rising last year, despite the pandemic. Yet, there seems to be a popular notion that the economy is not doing well. Why do you think there's this disconnect? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I, I think, um, unfortunately, that there's just these days that there is just a lot of misinformation going on uh, spread by, by the Internet. Uh, and, and as a result of that, uh, people think the situation is actually worse than, than it is. You know, I saw the, for example, how the media portrayed the jobs report on Friday, and it was just almost universally negative, whereas, you know, my view is that uh, the unemployment rate is sinking below 4% was just a positive development. And, and again, that, that slow job growth is the result of, you know, people leaving the, the labor force voluntarily. And so a, as a result of that, uh, that's not, a, as a, not as big of a negative as uh, it might otherwise be. Do you think the pandemic has caused permanent changes in San Diego's economy? I think it has caused some permanent changes. Uh, for example, I, I think the popularity of outdoor eating has made that something that, that is going to continue then in the future. Uh, both the public and the, the restaurant people like that. And, and uh, you know, we have the weather in San Diego then to, to carry that on. But I think uh, this big retirement wave that we saw is going to have lasting impacts, at least uh, for, for several more years down the line. I think the labor market is going to continue to be tight and, and wages will be continue to rise then for, for the next few years. And then uh, that will allow you know, more of this job switching, uh, uh, the great resignation, people quitting their jobs then and moving on then to, you know, to better opportunities. And that was Alan Jin, an economist at the University of San Diego. He was speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh. 
And one more story before you go. In honor of what would have been actress Betty White's 100th birthday, the San Diego Humane Society will be waiving adoption fees for all adult animals this week. The organization hopes to find forever homes for 100 pets before what would have been White's 100th birthday on Monday, January 17th. The beloved 99-year-old television legend and animal lover died on December 31st, just a few days short of her 100th birthday. That's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio, or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.